Support for this broadcast of Two Rivers 30 Minutes comes in part from a grant from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Summertime brings to most people in western Pennsylvania thoughts of Kennywood or maybe taking a trip outside of the area. And probably for some of our older listeners, uh, it also brings to mind uh, some of the parks that aren't there anymore. A historian who we've talked to before who has written a history of Idlewild Park in Ligonier, which thankfully is still there, is Jennifer Sopko. She is researching uh, the lost amusement parks of Pennsylvania, and uh, she has been on a tour of historical societies around the state talking with people about their memories of uh, lost amusement parks. We're going to find out what she's learned and what she is still researching and looking up. Uh, Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Jason. Thanks so much for having me here. Well, thank you for coming in. I I think this is the kind of topic that every time we talk about one of these historical things, people get excited about it. So when we're talking about these lost amusement parks, what are some of the ones in the Mon Valley area, western Pennsylvania area that we're talking about? Uh, Well, the first one that immediately comes to mind is Olympia Park in Versailles Township which is only, you know, a few minutes from where we are now in Mm -hmm. the studio. Uh, Olympia Shopping Center is what's currently there today. And even though the park has been long gone for decades and decades, um, 1942 was its last season, uh, it's near and dear to me because um, my family remembered going there. Uh, My grandfather's sister, my Mm -hmm. great aunt Sophie, who's still with us, uh, she's in her mid-90s. She, when I talked to her about her memories of some of the local parks, she remembered riding the West Penn streetcar to Olympia Park. And I think you know, for a park that's been gone for so long, you're hard pressed to find Since somebody. Since World War II, right? yes, yeah. somebody who's still alive today that has vivid memories of it. Uh, Rainbow Gardens is another one that people remember on uh, Route 48 mm-hmm. in White Oak. How many of these kinds of parks? Well, first of all, define what we're talking about. These are parks that, for the most part, sprung up before the turn of the last century, so the 1880s, 1890s period? Right, 1890s, turn of the century. Uh, Of course, there were some that cropped up in the 20s and the 30s, and uh, parks like White Swan Park. Uh, On the turnpike, mm -hmm. or not turnpike, parkway. Right. Um, That was later, you know, 50s, 60s era, but... um, you know, the golden age of these trolley parks, railroad parks, the scenic picnic destinations along transportation networks around Western PA and beyond. Certainly, you know, 1890s, uh, 1900s, 19-teens, we're seeing a lot of those crop up. Historian Jennifer Sopko is our guest this morning. We're talking about her research into the lost amusement parks of Western Pennsylvania. Actually, you're doing the whole state of Pennsylvania. Is that accurate? No. Just Western Pennsylvania. Yeah, just Western Pennsylvania because that in and of itself has been a massive project. You've pretty much answered the question or or I've answered the the question already, but let's let's make it obvious. What was the motivation for building these amusement parks in the 1890s, 1900s? Uh, Well, for uh, streetcar companies Mm -hmm. and railroad companies, because there were also parks built along railroad uh, networks, Mm -hmm. uh, it was to generate passenger business in the evenings, on the weekends. um, People didn't have private cars. 
Right. Uh, give uh, workers – there was all this industry, you know, in the area, coal and coke, steel, uh, oil, glass manufacturing, et cetera, et cetera. So we had a lot of people moving into this area, bringing their families, and, you know, they needed uh, – entertaining, scenic, beautiful place to escape to. So, do you have any – is there any way to know how many of these parks there were? Ooh. Well, uh, you could use some uh, street railway journals okay. uh, to track that, newspaper archives. Um, I've done some Googling just to see if I could sure. catch some random yeah. you know, uh, mentions. Um, also, I've been going to as many county – and local uh, museums, mm-hmm. historical societies, libraries, just trying to network with um, different local historians to try and learn more about uh, the parks that were in each subregion mm-hmm. of Western PA because they were, you know, they were pretty. The, the parks had similar. A lot of the parks I find had similar um, origins, uh-huh. but you find differences, um, you know, in the. Operating styles, management styles, the people who were involved, private ownership, mm-hmm. um, groups of businessmen who would get together and f- uh, form a, an amusement company mm-hmm. versus, you know, more of a corporate, yeah. um, you know, entity like uh, Pittsburgh Railways, West mm-hmm. Penn Railways, or even the smaller trolley companies. If some of these amusement parks that sprung up didn't last very long, did they? There was one that people t- talk about in Oakland, even though nobody's alive to remember it, called Luna Park, correct? Mm-hmm. Where was that at? Uh, that was at the intersection of, I believe, East Robinson Boulevard and what's now Baum Boulevard. Okay. And I actually there was a just, bar there on the on Craig Street at one time. I think called the Luna. Craig, Craig Street. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I just did a presentation yeah. <laughs> yesterday on this, and I okay. mentioned it. Um, but yeah, 1905 to 1909. It's from four up, years. Right. Okay. Right. And it was more of an exposition style park. Okay. What is that? Um, very what is that? bombastic. Um, lots of lights. Okay. Uh, so it would be very bright, brightly lit. Okay. Lit up at night. Um, so not as many rides. Uh, they did have a scenic railway, a roller okay. coaster, okay. Um, but a lot of those midway attractions. You you think of the uh, World's Columbian Exposition in gotcha. Chicago. You know, the Great White Way. Okay. Um, Luna Park had infant incubators. Okay. So um, almost like a circus sideshow. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. Um, so that was a little bit different from more of the rustic parks that we see, um, you know, on the outskirts, yeah. you know, in the more suburban areas. You know, like Idlewild Park up in Ligonier. Very rustic. There was one in Jeanette, and, I think, called Oakwood Park. Am I remember uh, that Oakford right? Oakford Park. Oakford. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Between Greensburg and Jeanette. And that was also a trolley park? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking with Jennifer Sopka. She's a historian. Do you you have a Twitter or Facebook that you'd like to promote? Uh, I do. Um, You can follow me on my website, uh, jennifersopko.com. I'm also on – mostly on Facebook or Mm -hmm. Instagram. Okay. You could find me there too. Okay. And your your most recent book that is out is Idlewild? Mm Mm-hmm. And that was the History Press? Uh, yes. Okay. And uh, where can people, people can find that at Barnes & Noble or mm-hmm. Amazon or History Press's website? Right. Arcadia Publishing or, you know, if you could find a brick-and-mortar store yeah. in your neighborhood, please support them. But, yeah, sure. you know, if it's easier to get it online, it's it's readily available. W- was Idlewild a trolley park or was that a railroad park? It was a railroad park. Okay. And what railroad yes. are we talking about? The Ligonier Valley Railroad. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, and so what would people what was it, what would a typical day be for someone going to Idlewild Park back before World War One, right? Mm-hmm. Early nineteen hundreds. Right, um, Idlewild's actually Pennsylvania's oldest operating amusement park okay. and the third oldest in the country, okay. which is pretty fascinating that we have such a historic park in our neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, so eighteen seventy eight is when seventy eight. Mm-hmm. So the Civil War was only over for ten fifteen years. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So you have this new um, short line railroad. You know, maybe about. 10 or 11 miles mm-hmm. from Ligonier de la Trobe, um, completed and operated by the Mellon family. Okay. We've and, heard of them. Yes. Yes. Um, within the first few months of the railroad's operation, uh, they conceived of this idea to have a scenic picnic ground somewhere on the lo- along the line mm-hmm. for, you know, the Mellon family's friends and other, you know, relatives to come up and spend a lovely day away from the city okay. in, you know, what would become the Laurel Highlands region. Okay. Um, so P- and, and soon after, people from Latrobe, Greensburg, as far as Pittsburgh, you know, would get on um, – well, at first they would have to get on the Pennsylvania Railroad, okay. take an excursion train, get off in Latrobe and transfer over to the Leaner Valley Line okay. because it was narrow gauge So it was, sh- it was narrower than, mm-hmm. than the regular standard gauge railroads. Yes. Okay. And they, they eventually converted. Okay. Um, then you would continue along past the Little Hannah Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, and enter the Idlewild Picnic Grounds. I hear a train right now. Maybe that's them. Maybe. <laughs> How long would this journey take? Oh, from I it, mean, this sounds like an all-day event. Right, right. It had to take a few hours. I'm not exactly sure how fast the trains were going. Right. That's something I haven't researched, but it actually would be interesting. But it's not the kind um, of spur-of-the-moment thing that we would do today. We would say, hey, it's a nice day. Let's go to Kennywood. It's a nice day. Let's go to mm-hmm. Idlewild. This would be – you would probably plan this yes. a week in advance, yes. a couple of months in advance. It really was – you know, a, a special treat because you see these historic photographs of people and how they're dressed, formal. Um, women are in these long dresses, full skirts, long sleeves, high necks, these beautiful big hats. Men are in full suits with ties and straw hats, and even the kids are dressed up. So it was really, you know, a special outing. We're talking with historian Jennifer Sopka. She's the author of the book. What is the subtitle of your Idlewild book? Idlewild History and Memories of Pennsylvania's Oldest Amusement Park. That is still available from the History Press. She is working on another book about the lost trolley and amusement parks of western Pennsylvania. You can reach her through her website at jennifersopko.com or you can find her on Facebook and Instagram. We have to take a break. When we come back, let's talk about um, sort of the glory days of these parks in the teens and and 20s. Sometimes we're called groves. I wanted to ask you about this whole grove idea and and also talk to you about some of the memories that people are are bringing to you as you are are traveling around the area giving presentations, okay? We'll be right back. Support for this broadcast comes from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. Since 1866, Striffler's has provided compassionate professional memorial services for families in White Oak, McKeesport, Dravosburg, Portview, and the surrounding areas. Striffler's offers comprehensive pre-planning services and aftercare. And through its affiliated company, Design Monuments, Striffler's also provides permanent markers and memorials crafted in stone, bronze, and other high-quality materials. Learn more at strifflers.com or call 412-678-6191. You have a correction to make off the air. You mentioned that there was another amusement park 
in Wilkinsburg. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the one that you were trying to remember. Was Dream City, you said? Yes. Okay. Yes. There are just so many parks in not just the greater Pittsburgh area, but, you know, yeah. Western PA that so they all kind of run together. So Wilkinsburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that was the one that was Robinson on. Robinson Boulevard. Robinson Boulevard mm-hmm. near Laketon Road, I think. Is, I think so. So how long was that park oh. open? A couple of years? Right. Uh, 1906 it opened. And by night. Um, by 1910, I think 1909, yeah. um, there was uh, some mentions in the newspaper about, you know, uh, I guess the owners or the operators wanted like a real estate trade, yeah. you know, for somebody to take over the lease. Yeah. And then after 1909, there was nothing. So I'm still trying to figure out what exactly happened to that park. This is I guess a real nobody mystery. took that Myst- offer up. <laughs> it's a real mystery that you're trying to unravel here. And, yeah. you, and you, you said also before the break, it's impossible to you know, almost to estimate how many of these parks because some of them sort of came and went. Right. And even I've seen um, mentions in newspapers of parks that were being conceived of and they were coming. But who knows if they ever actually made it you know, off the drawing board. We were talking about how so many of these parks were opened by the railroads or trolley companies, and the, the railroad has decided to uh, chip in on that uh, in the background, if you can hear it. Um, Kennywood uh, is obviously the one that most of our listeners are going to be familiar with. I, I believe at one point it was called Kenny's Grove. Mm-hmm. What, what was a grove? Just a little scenic picnic area. Okay. Um, you know, shaded with trees. Maybe there would be a boating lake, and then they would um, – you know, the owners or, you know, somebody who would lease the grounds would put up a dance pavilion, okay. a dining hall, and maybe there would be a steam-powered merry-go-round. Okay. And it was just very simple, simple activities. And then eventually some of these groves turned into more traditional amusement parks with more rides, concession stands, regular entertainment, um, games of chance. Yeah. I, 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 I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. So that was a, that was a day of entertainment was to grab your picnic mm-hmm. basket, get on the trolley or train, and go mm-hmm. out into what was then the wilderness from Pittsburgh mm-hmm. of West Mifflin or Mifflin Township. You, you, were, you were out in the country at that point. Absolutely. Okay. And why did they start to add the rides and, and games? Just to, as a way to drum up repeat business or? Right, to, to earn money because uh, each ride on the carousel or each boat that was rented, you know, that was that was a ticket purchased. And obviously the more people who were riding the streetcars yeah. to get to these parks, uh, the trolley companies are going to make more money that way. Group picnics yeah. were, you know, the bread and butter. Um, and then all of the, you know, if you could get somebody to buy a souvenir or, yeah. a, um, you know, a, a beverage or something like that or – ride on one of the rides, more money. Um, we're talking with Jennifer Sopko about uh, the history of amusement parks in western Pennsylvania. You can find her book about Idlewild uh, at local bookstores or on Amazon.com. She is currently researching the forgotten and lost uh, trolley parks and amusement parks of western Pennsylvania, including in the Mon Valley area, Rainbow Gardens in White Oak, Olympia Park in McKeesport, or actually Versailles I guess, uh, Oakford Park in, in Jeanette. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Eldora Park. Uh, outside of Denora, it was okay. in technically in Carroll Township, but okay. between Denora, Monongahela, and Charleroi. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I would think. Uh, why am I forgetting the the one um, on a, in the North Hills on um, in Ross oh, Township? Westview Park. Westview Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And White Swan Park, and mm-hmm. and you've mentioned Dream City and in, in Wilkinsburg, mm-hmm. Luna Park, in mm-hmm. Oakland. Even beyond, I'm going as far east as. Uh, Johnstown, Altoona, and as far north as Erie. And I was actually in Erie last week uh, participating in the Erie County Public Library's History Week, or Hist Erie Week. Um, <laughs> I did a program on 
uh, Lost Amusement Parks of Northwestern Pennsylvania. So that was pretty interesting, focusing on some of the resorts around that county. And there were, you know, like Waldemere Park, which is still operating. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's on the western side of Erie. But on the eastern side, there was Four Mile Creek Park. Okay. But similar, you know, just along, you know, on the bluffs overlooking Lake Erie. And there were actually a lot of these little um, beachside cottage areas, and maybe they would have some amusements all along the shores of Lake Erie at the mouths of all the creeks. So that was very different type of area, type of resort, um, amusement resort that I've been researching as well. So I have to assume that a couple of things happened. One was the decline of trolley lines as people you know, were able to buy a private automobile, so the Model T and the mm-hmm. early Chevys and, and whatever else, that car, and roads started to get better, meaning you could actually mm-hmm. drive from place to place. You didn't need to be tied to the trolley line or, or to the railroad line. Mm-hmm. What did uh, Prohibition do to these trolley parks? Were, were, did these trolley parks serve beer and alcohol? I believe some did, yeah. even though um, you know they weren't supposed to. Okay. Um, off the top of my head, Waldemere had a beer garden, okay. um, and I just recently learned that. Even though it's still operating, I still want to learn about all of the parks, Waldemere, Idaho, yeah. Pennywood, in yeah. our region that are still operating. Yeah. Um, but Four Mile Creek Park, I believe, might have been serving beer mm-hmm. during Prohibition. Yeah. And certainly where that park was located, um, that that was a docking place for the rum runners on the oh, other side coming over from Canada. Sure. And I just came across an article. Um, there was a 1925 fire that really spelled the end of, of the park. Uh-huh. Um, who knows if it would have la- how long it would have lasted after that, but they had new lessees uh-huh. and they were going to revamp it. And then this fire hit. And uh, the article mentioned that some children found hidden beer in one of the buildings oh, after the scandal. fire. Scandal yes. unveiled right now yes. before your very ears on the radio. Yeah. So I have to imagine it did make an impact on some of the parks. Um, but, you know, there were certainly a lot of other reasons that these parks closed as well. I, I know in, in several of the histories of, of Kennywood, Charles Jackway's book about Kennywood, Brian Butko, who we both know has a book about Kennywood. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, Rick Seaback did a documentary on Kennywood. One of the things that they keep stressing is that Kennywood was trying very much to stress that it was healthful and family friendly. P- petting zoos? I mean, uh, Ligon, uh, Idlewild, I think, has for years had uh, petting zoo as part of Storybook yeah. Forest, but uh, did these have, parks have petting zoos? Yes, a few did. Yeah, a few did. I want to say Cascade Park in Newcastle, I There's think, had, a zoo, had okay. a zoo. Yes, yes. I think a lot of people miss Cascade, especially because of the Comet roller coaster that was there. That was apparently a pretty legendary coaster. Have you strayed into the surrounding areas? Uh, a lot of people in there's a couple of lost parks in Youngstown that I know people in Youngstown still. Like Idora. Yeah, people talk about Idora Park still. Not particularly, but um, Idora and Cascade were connected yeah. because they eventually were under the same parent company okay. and the trolley line. Um, you find uh, Idora's carousel. Um, was moved. They had a dental carousel, uh-huh. I think, from 1911 that was moved to Cascade in 1922. Okay. So they were operated kind of under the same umbrella. And it's it's even though I'm focusing on Western Pennsylvania parks, it is really interesting the connections you find mm-hmm. to parks outside of the area, outside of the state of Pennsylvania. Um, there's one carousel that I've been researching in particular at Four Mile Creek Park, mm-hmm. um, PTC, Philadelphia Toboggan Company. I was about to ask you about them. Number 18. And that's currently at a mall in Syracuse, New York, okay. Destiny, USA. Uh-huh. But it operated one – of, one of the things that I was thrilled to discover 
cover um, in my re- research. Um, and, and I have to thank uh, Philadelphia Toboggan Coasters, Inc. and everybody mm-hmm. there for, you know, welcoming me and letting me research their archives was that PTC number 18 did operate um, at Four Mile That was a, a merry-go-round. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let me, let me ask uh, you, before we take our second break here, t- the time goes quickly. Philadelphia Toboggan Company is a company that I'm familiar with that made amusement park rides. I think they also made skee-ball machines. Uh, they did. They did. Okay. Um, yes, so roller coasters. Roller coasters, skee-ball mm-hmm. machines. Uh, I think Denzel was also a, a mm-hmm. Pennsylvania company. Was Pennsylvania kind of a mecca for these amusement parks and for amusement park companies? It's, it seems so. I mean, in Pittsburgh, you had the Ingersoll Construction Company. Okay. You also had the T.M. Harton Company. Mm-hmm. They founded Westview Park, uh, Traver Engineering mm-hmm. in uh, Beaver, Beaver Falls. Falls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Vettel family, which I believe mm-hmm. was from another part of Pennsylvania, but essentially settled here and, and designed several of Kennywood's roller mm-hmm. coasters, including, I think, the Thunderbolt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. The the um, I did a talk at the Carnegie Library of McKeesport yesterday, mm-hmm. um, focused a little bit on the roller coasters um, in all these lost parks, uh, and that's in conjunction with the American Coaster Enthusiasts mm-hmm. upcoming Coaster Con that's going to be at Kennywood and Cedar Point in a few weeks. Okay, and there's a traveling exhibit there currently um, that folks can check out, um, but. When I was mentioning all these parks and doing little, you know, summaries of their histories and talking about the coasters, I kept repeating, built by Ingersoll Construction Company, designed yeah. by John Miller. So you're seeing a lot of Pittsburgh the same and Philadelphia name. companies mm-hmm. and, and people who are doing this. Right. Let's right. take our second break. When we come back, let's talk about what the downfall of these parks were, but and also why they still hold on to people's imagination so much, okay? Jennifer Sopko is our guest. You can find her at her website, jennifersopko.com. She's also on Facebook and on Instagram at Jen Sopko. West Newton Public Library is encouraging patrons to consider honoring a friend or loved one by purchasing a book in their name. The cost is $25. People who want to memorialize someone should tell the library about their favorite author or their interests so that the library can purchase an appropriate item. Sponsorship forms are available at the library during regular business hours, 124 North Water Street, West Newton, 15089. What is the attraction of these amusement parks to you? Why, as a historian, are you interested in writing about them? Well, I, I think amusement parks are their community gathering places, and they have been for many, many decades, many even a few centuries. You know, the the history of the amusement park is, stretches all the way into Europe, mm-hmm. and it brings they bring people together. And I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody out there that that does not have a memory of going to an amusement park, whether it was for a school picnic, a family reunion, their parents' company picnic, and you may. Maybe you're a roller coaster enthusiast mm-hmm. and you have to ride the biggest and thrilling rides. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you love to watch the merry-go-round and you, you you appreciate the artistry and the beauty. Or maybe you just want to sit on a picnic bench mm-hmm. and just watch – just people watch. Yeah. Um, I think there's something for everyone, young and old, at an, at an amusement park. You, you brought something up that I hadn't thought of and I know we're running short on time. But is this – were amusement parks a European invention or an American invention? Um, because I know Kennywood at one time, they used to just kind of model themselves after Tivoli Gardens, which I think is in, in the Netherlands. Um, it, 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 I always assumed America – I always assumed amusement parks were – you mentioned the World Columbian Exhibition and, mm-hmm. and some of the world's fairs that were put on in the U.S., uh, do you know, or did they kind of evolve separately in Europe and America? 
or is that another question for another time? Maybe another question for another, okay. another time. I have I've have read uh, some books on the general history yeah. of amusement parks, but haven't really delved a lot into the European origin experience versus the American. Yeah. But it seemed to me that that we had more space than than Europe did, and we also mm-hmm. had these trolleys that developed that needed some place right. to go to right. out in the and country. I, th- I think the trolley. The this evolution of transportation yeah. and the this, the burst of the the trolley yeah. on onto the scene, not just in Western Pennsylvania, uh-huh. although Pennsylvania actually had more operating trolley companies than any other I've state, which is interesting. Yeah. But I think that kind of sets America apart. Yeah. What was the downfall of these parks? Obviously, the trolleys started to decline in the in the twenties and thirties. I know the depression hit a lot of these trolley parks hard because you didn't have the mm-hmm. money to go spend to spend a day at Kennywood or, or White's or White Swan Park wasn't there yet or Westview Park or mm-hmm. wherever. But I, how did they make it through World War II? I mean, that had to be a hard time too. Right, right. Uh, some did. Obviously, Idlewild Park, yeah. you know, Kennywood Park are two examples. Olympia uh, Park, though, did not. It did not. Okay. It did not. Um, there were transportation restrictions. Sure. And um, probably didn't have enough workers either. Probably workers went to war. Probably not. Uh, yeah. Idlewild actually closed down for two full seasons did and they? was a limited operation for a third. But you know, I guess they were. So financially stable, yeah. or is financially stable enough yeah. to, you know, come back after that. Television had a big impact mm-hmm. on movie theaters. Did it also have an impact mm-hmm. on amusement parks? I don't know. In it, in it so much as uh, theme parks did, yeah. because yeah. a lot of these traditional amusement parks, you know, uh, had to compete with they places to imitate like Cedar Disneyland. Point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Disneyland and Cedar Point. Yeah. Uh, but people. It, People appreciate that, and they want these thrilling rides and these big, massive um, theme parks. But I think they also appreciate the more traditional – and maybe not all family-owned anymore, but um, the scenic, peaceful, beautiful um, types of parks like we have. uh, Idlewild, Kennywood, Waldemere, Del Grosso's. Um, Lakemont Park as well, yeah. but they but they still have to keep up with the times as well. For for people listening uh, in Western Pennsylvania, are there places that they can go to see like the remnants of any of these kind of parks? Are there is there anything left from mm-hmm. Westview or from Oakford and Jeanette, for instance? Not Absolutely much. not not much, okay. but um, uh, Cascade Park in Newcastle. Okay, it's a city owned municipal park, and Alameda Park in uh-huh. Butler. Okay. It's a county owned park. Uh, they both have some great examples of the architecture. Yeah. Um, they uh, Alameda Park has uh, a carousel pavilion. Okay. Still there that you can rent. Uh, Cascade has a massive dance hall. Mm-hmm. Still there. Um, Cascade also has some remnants of the comet. Mm-hmm. Some of the footers. Um, where the coaster went over Big Run. This is a terrible question to ask any writer, but when, because I'm sure people are listening to this interview and they're thinking, I want to buy this book. When can I buy this book? When is the book going to be done? That's the question I always dread somebody at. Yes, yes. So originally um, it was going to be finished in 2021, and obviously that did not happen. Uh, The pandemic, between the pandemic and and a lot of these historical societies and libraries being closed, it was very difficult to do any in-person research. And then it's also between, you know, have you know what it? How the more it is. you find, the, the more you find. Exactly. Yeah. The more part, the more picnic groves and little yeah. recreation. Maybe they weren't exactly amusement parks, but I think they're very important to at least document. Yeah. So the the more I learn, the more questions I have, yeah. the more parks I'm adding to my list, and 
I want to tell the most comprehensive history that I possibly can of each park. And I mean, there were there were dozens and I'm trying to cover 26 counties. Not not every county is going to have parks or at least parks that were documented well enough for me to find the information. But it's still a massive undertaking for the for the the kind of quality book I, I want to put out. Well, I thank you so much for coming in. I should mention that Jennifer is very on brand today. She's got an Idlewild water bottle and a Thunderbolt uh, T-shirt on. So very on brand for amusement park research. While you're waiting for her next book to come out, you can get her previous book on the history of Idlewild from the History Press. Uh, It's available in Barnes & Noble, your local bookstores, and at Amazon.com. JenniferSopko.com is her website, and she's on Facebook and Instagram. And if you have memories... Of these uh, forgotten amusement parks, Westview, Oakford, uh, White Swan, Rainbow Gardens. I'm assuming you're collecting all these. And how do they get in touch with you through your website? Absolutely. Yes. JenniferSopko.com. Uh, you find me on social media. Okay. Um, and get I those can... memories in right now. Mm-hmm. Abs- absolutely. I'm going to talk to anybody and every everybody that I possibly can. If your family used to own an amusement park, if you yeah. knew somebody who used to work at one, if you have – Photo albums in your yeah. attic, please. That Ticket stops, memorabilia, any of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for coming in to talk with us this morning. Hey, thank you so much. And thank you all for listening this morning to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. On Radio 81 WEDO 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, and Tube City Online Radio. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Thank you.